Welcome to the ADHD Book Club Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ashley. And I'm the other one of your hosts, Corey. Corey, does my voice sound kind of scratchy today? I feel like I sound like very deep. Oh, yeah. Now that you pointed out a little bit, maybe. Okay. Well, I did a lot of karaokeing uh, over the weekend. So maybe this is the podcast where we both talk really deep. It would make sense. This is Raw Dog, after all. <laughs> Ew. Ew. I don't think that sounded like sexy at all. I just think it sounded like I've been smoking and doing karaoke all weekend. And I only did one of those things, which is karaoke. What was the best song you sang? Oh, my God. I mean, we just did so many. I don't know. <laughs> Fair. Anything with the whole group. Okay. We took my boyfriend's mom to what we call KBBQK, Korean Barbecue Karaoke. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this was her first time, and she was visiting from out of town, and it was a lot of fun. Which one did you go to? Did you go to the place that's, like, underneath that building that has the Korean barbecue and the karaoke? Oh, underneath a building? No. Yeah. Oh, bummer. I can't think of what it's called. I just know I've been there for someone's birthday. I don't know if our listeners know. I'm sure they do because it's probably just our friends, but big karaoke crews here. Yeah, it's true. Gotta love it. What do you like better, private room or bar? Private room. But if I'm at a real like shitty bar, uh, that's fun because like old men will buy me drinks after I sing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think I'm specifically that good, but they will be like, wow, that was so good. Can I get you a drink? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> you may get me a drink. <laughs> Thank you so much. I think my preference might be shitty dive bar karaoke. It's so fun, but you know, in a room, it's just debaucherous. I don't know what happens. We were explaining it to my boyfriend's mom. Like, you know, you might get up on the table and dance. And what we really meant was the, like, seats around the table because we will stand on those and, like, dance during some songs. But then what happened was actually this time people got on the table. Maybe we, like, jinxed it or they heard it and we're like, we're getting on the table. And it was like, can't fight the moonlight, like, Coyote Ugly song, just on the table, the duet. I was dying. It was so good. Amazing. One of our friends started with Ba with the Ba. <laughs> Amazing. And she screams it, and it's so funny. Um, that was probably one of my favorite moments. I was really spectating this time. I can't remember what I sang. I know I did something. <laughs> I understand that bar karaoke is really hit and miss. Like, places that are dedicated karaoke bars are usually a shit show, especially here, like, especially in LA. Oh, my God. I saw a fucking outfit change at Backstage one time. Yeah, no thanks. Like, if you're out here practicing your fucking American Idol audition at karaoke <laughs> night, like, eat shit. What I want to see <laughs> is a 57-year-old man with a beer belly, like, grumbling along to Sundown by Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> That's what I want. There's one in Santa Monica, the Brit, the Britannia pub. Uh it's so funny because it's over right by the promenade. It, like, things sh it's like in a nice little area. And then it's just like a good little weird British dive bar, like little nook. It's all regulars. The karaoke is fun. I like that one. I haven't been in a minute. Lisa introduced me to this dive bar called Gabe's. Mm. And they do karaoke. And I think Lisa and I are the only people in our group of friends who like it. 
but we love it. <laughs> Might have to look into it. Everyone else is like, Gabe's, no thanks. No thanks. And Lisa and I are like, let's, let's go. go to Gabe's. Well, see, that that crew of our friends is actually mostly good singers. <laughs> I don't think there's anyone that sucks in our whole group. And not saying that my other group of friends that I go to carry with sucks, but we are a wide array of talent. And so the room really gets people out of their shells. Sure. Because they're nervous to ever sing in front of a bar. But when we're like, it's just a room, it doesn't matter. Suddenly, they get in there and they're like, you're right, it doesn't matter. We can do fucking Encanto. Nobody will care. That's true. No, um... <laughs> a couple times, Lisa and Arissa and I have done basically what I would call sad girl karaoke, <laughs> where we go and get a karaoke room in the afternoon. And because there's no audience, we can sing whatever dumb, sad bullshit we want or show tunes that Lisa wants to sing <laughs> or whatever stuff that a crowd in a bar would absolutely fucking hate. That is my favorite also. <laughs> there was a place in Portland that did like a happy hour. It was $5 per person per hour. Hit that up at 2 p.m. so much. And it'd just be me and one friend. And so we'd go and get out of our systems, like whatever songs we've been like wanting to do, right? And then we had a game where we would basically, your next song had to be based off of the song that was like being played, like inspired by some, sure. some way. So it just kind of went on this trail of inspiration. Could be the title, could be the lyrics, whatever. It has to be inspired by... And you have to get through the first chorus at least because 80% of the time you put a song in and you start and you're like, oh my God, I don't actually know the words. I don't know them at all. I would have thought I knew this Jewel song, but no, but no, I only know the chorus. And uh, that's a really fun game. I ended up in some like weird ass places, like some like old, like Christian song that was like unearthed from deep below the youth group days <laughs> that they had at karaoke. What is that? <laughs> Maybe some Christmas tunes, you know? Amazing. I love karaoke. Yeah, me too. It's good. Do we need a random prompt generator at this point? I have one pulled up. We can try it. Okay, let's try it. I just, I did it anyway, so we might as well. What's a skill you've always wanted to master and why? Oh, mm, singing. <laughs> I know, mine also was musical. Like, I've always wanted to be good at playing guitar, and I think I'm just stuck at mediocre for the rest of my life i would kill to be able to play an instrument yeah i blame my parents for this piano also i would love to be good yes. at the piano um but yeah i'm just not i'm like fine i'm like mildly competent at both and both of those things are a i mean you know not to, not to blame everything on this but it's <laughs> definitely partially a function of the way in which I am neurodivergent mm -hmm. because when I was little like I was pretty bright and picked things up really quickly and so when when I wasn't immediately getting something I was like oh I must not I must just not be good at this mm. and also I have the ADHD thing where practicing the same thing over and over and over again is deathly boring deathly and that's kind of the only way to get good at an instrument. And I just didn't know that. Yeah, what is it, like a thousand hours? <laughs> it's, I mean, it, that has that's been disproven as like a, <laughs> a rumor, but or like a, you know, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Like Malcolm Gladwell, like pop psychology, but it's, it's actually 10,000 hours. Oh, <laughs> sorry. No, I mean. More, a thousand might be attainable. 
Maybe. I'm with you, though. I, like, love music. I always wanted to play. I wanted a guitar so badly in, like, middle school or so. I, I don't remember when it was. Middle school, high school. Electric guitar, specifically. Did not want that acoustic bullshit. I finally got one and my, got, like, a computer program to learn it. Did not do it. Gave it to my brother, who always liked the music. Uh, I needed like a real lesson, but that was just, I think my mom was forced to learn piano and hated it. And so she like, didn't want us to have to learn instruments. And so we didn't like, I don't think I ever did band. That was not a thing. And singing, I'm like, I think I'm fine. And if I knew how to like technically use my voice, that would be very interesting. Like how to breathe properly and do the technical things. Like I, I, I'm pretty spongy for that. I pick it up pretty good, but yeah, I think knowing for real what I'm doing would be cool. And I also, during the pandemic, was like, I will learn guitar again and got an acoustic guitar and all this shit, like a Fender subscription to learn online. I did it for like a week and then forgot. And then this year, my New Year's resolution was to learn Sex and Candy by Macy's Playground on the guitar and on the drums because now I really want to learn the drums this past year. I know every word to that song. We don't have to learn how to sing it. Also, it's... I love it so much, but it's just really like hanging around. <laughs> Look. Downtown by myself. I feel like I could totally mm -hmm. drum that. I could totally yeah. drum it. I could totally guitar it. I think you could. It's not a very hard song. Also, as much as I claimed to be the podcast music nerd a couple episodes ago, I have to say the band is called Marcy Playground. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> Damn, it is Marcy's Playground. It's not even Marcy's. It's just Marcy Playground. I know. That's what I said, because I know what the band's name is. <laughs> Look, my brain went, is it Marcy or Macy? Because I always do it wrong. Oh, that's like the thing we talked about last time, where you get in your head about, I always do it wrong, and then... You do it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Well, Macy Gray came out around the same time, so you can <laughs> see my confusion. That's true. They, I, they don't sound alike at all. This is not some Duran Duran... Mamas and papas. <laughs> and we've, we've circled all the way back around to husky, smoky voices. Yeah. We did it. Yay. Life truly is a herald. <laughs> scene. Cut. What? Lights. What do they call it? <laughs> and scene. It's over. Show's done. Blackout. Blackout. Thank you, God. What are the words? I knew there was one. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. Let's book it up. Book time. We read Raw Dog by Jamie Loftus. It is 244 pages, which makes it a nine hour and 38 minute audiobook. Did you write a summary? I did not write a summary. All right, let's raw dog this summary then. I know. I have a million other notes and none of them are a summary. <laughs> but my summary is Jamie Loftus travels around and eats hot dogs and talks about the history of hot dogs with her <laughs> then-boyfriend, now ex-boyfriend. That's pretty much it, right? That is pretty much it. Well, I didn't write one either, but I said it in my head because it's pretty short, so I felt like I could count it as having written one. But to be fair, you didn't ask me, so you went first. Yeah, what's yours? Jamie Loftus is a stand-up comedian that travels around the country eating hot dogs. Yeah, that's, you know, yeah. Yeah. There's a little more to it than that in the sense that like there are some hot dog tangents like about the Wienermobile and stuff. Yeah. It's like learning about hot dogs intertwined with her personal story. She's got a good, great little reading voice. I enjoyed listening. Anyways, that wasn't the point. And yeah, that's it. 
Uh, should people read it? Yeah, probably. Uh, it's it's fun. I mean, here's what I first encountered Jamie Loftus in a web series that she did on Super Deluxe. I think it was called Upgraded, where she and this other guy, uh, Jeffrey, they did like weird beauty treatments. Ooh. And they would take turns. Like the one I remember is... Jamie did that like blood face mask where they like use your own blood or whatever the hell. And like, I heard that's really great though. I mean, it looks crazy when they do it, but yeah. And those were very funny. And that was, that was probably like seven or eight years ago at this point. Um, This is a long way to say that she has a bunch of content out there that you could check out for free. Like that web series. She's done a number of podcasts like Ghost Church, which is about spiritualism. She did one about the newspaper comic strip, Kathy. (laughs) Kathy. She did one about the book, uh, Lolita. She did a podcast called My Year in Mensa about joining Mensa and (laughs) how much they suck. So if you like those, you'll like this book. And if you don't like those, you won't like this book, especially the audio book, because the audio book is just her reading the book that is very much in her own voice. So if you like her, you'll like it. And if you don't, you don't. And there's a free way for you to figure that out, I guess, is my take. There's a free way? Yeah. Podcasts. Podcasts are free. (laughs) By listening to her. Not a highway. No. (laughs) I thought you meant like. You can go listen to the book for free. And I was like, where? I mean, also libraries. We've had that discussion. Oh, was it in the library? Is that, is that where I... I think I did get it from the library. I don't think... Oh, no, I listened to it on Scribd. Yeah, I listened to it on Scribd, too, because this is how I found out it reached me limit. Oh, right. Stupid. stupid. Hey, Scribd, we hate your stupid limits. Yeah. It's supposed to be unlimited. That's the point. What's the deal? Yeah, what are we reading too fast? Are we that much of podcast book champions? Yeah, we're too much book freaks. <laughs> Bookfreaks.org. Look it up. Look, I really liked the book. I would say if you're a fan of hot dogs or Jamie Loftus, read it. It's super fun. Also, listen to it. It's like listening to a podcast about hot dogs. Look, I'm going to say if you're a fan of hot dogs, unclear because I went through bad reads and there were plenty of people who were like, I love hot dogs, and I hate this fucking book. You will get to it. We'll preview for bad reads. There are a few like that. Look, she seems well aware of when people are going to talk shit to her about her hot dog opinions, because she does say things like, leave me alone, or suck it, or something throughout when she shares an opinion that might be unpopular. That's true. Although, these are very much more like, I just wanted to learn about hot dogs, not about your sex life, you weird perv. Okay, what is wrong with you? You just want to go learn about hot dogs? Yeah, I don't know. People are demented. All right, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Spoiler on three. One, One, two, two, three. three. Spoiler. Spoiler. There's no plot to this. There's nothing to spoil. It doesn't matter. This is just what we do. (laughs) Yeah, you can't spoil a book about hot dogs. Surprise! Hot dogs are disgusting, but delicious. And I mean, she really ate so many that I was feeling ill for her, her poor body. Yeah. At first, I was hungry for hot dogs, and then I was not. I was hungry for hot dogs the entire time. I'm still hungry for hot dogs. Yesterday, I went to a burger place specifically wanting 
a burger. But when I saw they had a hot dog on the menu, I was like, I bet they'd make a decent hot dog. Maybe I should get the hot dog. They also write the name of the bar on the hot dog and mustard. And I was like, even better. I should have that. (laughs) I mean, that is pretty cool. Speaking of burgers and hot dogs, I don't know if you've seen this going around, but there is a blurb that is making the rounds on the internet from Patrick Stewart's new biography that just came out. I have not. This is when he first came to L.A. and was, I think, had just gotten the part of Captain Picard. And he talks about, like, going to original Tommy's and eating one of those gloopy, gross chili burgers. (laughs) And I'm like, what are you doing? I just never want chili on anything. I don't either. There's so much chili in this book, too. So many chili dogs. I mean, why is that a thing? Ew. It's such a mess. Although she does correctly call out when, like, the bun can't handle the chili. Because that's also, like, what are you doing? Like, if you're turning the bun into, like, wet paper by putting a pound of chili on it, like, how am I supposed to eat this thing? I guess, you know, on a plate with a fork, like some sort of alien person, but... That's gross. That's not the point. A hot dog is like, you hold it with your hands to eat it, okay? It's not a knife and fork. It's a hand. Handheld. I know. It's true. Bob went through a Sonic the Hedgehog chili dog phase like a couple months ago where all he wanted was chili dogs to eat. And he's vegetarian, so, you know, it's like a veggie dog and vegan chili And a little bit of cheese. So, you know, I was just like, sure, yeah, if you want to eat that for every meal, I don't care. (laughs) It's not like he's eating, like, you know, disgusting hot dogs every meal. Right. So I was just like, sure, man. Sonic really had a tight grip on kids. Sonic loved chili dogs. I didn't know that. But every little boy that I know that has watched that movie is like, I'm going to be Sonic for Halloween. I love Sonic. Can we watch Sonic again? And I'm like, I don't. He liked the movies, but he was very much just into the video games. Oh, yeah. But he also knows just sort of like deep Sonic the Hedgehog lore, like that Sonic loves chili dogs. I love that. Also, Trader Joe's uh, vegetarian chili is actually really good. The canned one. Okay, I'll check it out. Hormel does like a vegan one that's good also. Mm, Probably. But everything from Trader Joe's is better, whether that's real or not, I don't know. But my head says so. That's true. I'll believe you. Speaking of hot dogs... (laughs) like we will be Uh, for this whole hour. (laughs) I am looking right now at a picture I clipped from Facebook. This just sort of randomly came up while we were reading the book. It is someone who made a hot dog by taking... (laughs) They have an entire bag of to-go Olive Garden breadsticks. (laughs) And they've taken one of the breadsticks and cut a hole in the middle and then put a hot dog inside and mustard on it. Yes. I don't know about the mustard, but yes on the everything else. Yeah, I could take or leave the mustard, but... Oh my God, do you know what? Mm. The Seattle dog would be so good in an Olive Garden breadstick. That is true. I was surprised that the Seattle dog came up in the book. I guess I shouldn't be surprised. She went everywhere, but it did come up in the book eventually. It did, and I was going to be really mad if it didn't because it's iconic. It's important. I'm from Seattle. It has to be in there. Um, Okay, so at the beginning, though, she said something like, how do you feel about hot dogs? Think about that now and then think about it at the end. Did you think about it? I wrote it down so that I would not forget how I felt about hot dogs before diving into the book. I didn't. I I guess I should have. Do you have different feelings or are they pretty much the same? 
Um, they're pretty much the same, I think. I mean, I guess I can't go back in time and tell you what I thought about hot dogs before I read this book. <laughs> but I think my thoughts were just like, yeah, they're like medium gross, but taste pretty good. <laughs> they're fun at a cookout or a campfire. And it would never be my first choice of something to eat. But also, if that's what's happening, I'm not mad about it. Yeah. That's probably my before and after take, honestly. Although there were a few that she described where I was like, oh, that actually sounds really good. And maybe I should go out of my way to have that. There are a couple that I need to go to. Yes. Um, what was the one in LA that she mentioned? This is toward the end of the book. Pink's? No, I mean, she talked about Pink's, but not about it being good. Oh, yeah. Was the it one Dirt Dog? Like the- Dirt Dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because she was like, you want it. She wanted to hate it, but it was actually really good. Yeah. I thought about trying to go, like, have us go before we recorded, but. Oh, God. Why didn't we think of going to have a hot dog together? <laughs> I don't know. That would have been really smart for this. <laughs> field trip. Field trip. <laughs> podcast field trip. I wrote, uh, love them. They are a treat. Wouldn't just have them at home, but on a special occasion, I'm in. I also never go for a hot dog first. If it's the cookout hamburger hot dog, look, I might try to get one of each, to be honest. Sure. But I am a cheeseburger. Um, I recently really listened to the lyrics of Cheeseburger in Paradise by Jimmy Buffett. Like, I know I've heard the song, but I'd never really, like, listened to it. And I was, like, jaw-dropped. Like, that is me. I am just a cheeseburger in Paradise. He describes it how I like it. And with a cold beer, I'm a cheeseburger. What does he say? A French fried potato. (laughs) Yes, that is what he says. I have not listened to that song in forever. I didn't do my due diligence and listen to Cheeseburger in Paradise on repeat when he passed away. I'm sorry. Yeah. I apologize, Mr. Buffett. Jimmy Buffett has been coming up a lot in my life lately with some Margaritaville happenings. So I've been listening to him a bit. Also, I was out at a a restaurant in Malibu, and my server was quite the character. And he overheard us talking about Margaritaville and told me Jimmy Buffett was his neighbor and super nice guy, and they hung out a lot during the pandemic. Um, But he also, when he came back to take our order, said, (laughs) all right, tell daddy what you want. No. (laughs) No, thank you. And like, (laughs) it was so funny. I was like, okay, (laughs) sorry. I was just like, I'm sorry, I just got the ick and I'm not hungry anymore. It was not even like he was trying to be gross. It's like he's trying to be funny. He's like an older dude. And I'm with a friend who's older, so it's not like, like, I don't know what he was getting at, you know? It was just, I think he was trying to be silly, but it was just like, it didn't work, you know? Right. Like, it wasn't necessarily him, like, objectifying a couple of younger women or whatever, but... Right. But still. I didn't get creepy, but my friend was like, ew, what the fuck? And I was like, we've been joking around before you got here, so maybe that... <laughs> so he's like, where do you want to sit? Inside or outside? And I was like, oh, man, I don't know. What what does it look like inside? And it was dead. And I was like, outside? And then I was like, maybe maybe by the heater. And he's like, ah, oh, you want to sit outside, but you want to sit by the heater. And I was like, I mean, yeah, it's a little chilly, but like this is where the people are. And he was like, okay, well, you know, I hope you don't start complaining about the bees because I can't do anything about that. And I was like, I, I get this as a server in my past life with patio service. People will be like, can you do something about the bees? And it's like, fucking sit inside if you don't like the bugs that live here. Right. Yeah. The thing that we do about bees is go inside. That's how we've dealt with bees. Yeah. Like when people get super aggro out flies. That's how we've dealt with insects 
for thousands of years, we go inside where the bugs are not. <laughs> oh, humans. Uh, anyways, wow. Um, hot dogs. Okay. Yeah, this is one where there's no narrative other than sort of the through line of her traveling around and spending time with her boyfriend and that going south eventually. Although we never get any real details about that. Not that I want them necessarily, but it's just sort of like she'll just sort of check in and be like, uh... We, we were not getting along anymore at this point. Yeah. And you don't really hear a whole lot about it. But yeah, like, because the first thing she talks about is like how they're made, right? And she mentions that video. Yeah. And I actually thought that she was going to get more into it later and really ruin it for me. But it, it didn't seem that gross. But I will say, it's not that it's even gross. I mean, it kind of is, honestly. But it's really like the practice is awful. And um, this was written during co- during and shortly thereafter COVID. So there's a lot of the tie-in with the meatpacking industry and COVID and how a ton of people died because they like wouldn't shut down the meat plants or whatever they're called, factories. Right. Yes. And, the, you know, yeah, fucked. I'm trying to remember. I know she specifically mentions the Smithfield plants and there's one other that I don't remember. Yeah, there's a couple examples at least. Okay, look, I will admit I haven't read The Jungle since 11th grade, which is fully 25 years ago now. So there we go. Our our whole podcast audience can carbon date me. But <laughs> I think they already could. <laughs> yeah, they probably I'm sure they could. But I am sure that forever my takeaway about the jungle has been oh yeah it's that book about the meatpacking industry and when she sort of went into how much it is about labor practices and socialism in general and not just the meatpacking industry it's so weird that like a hundred years later everyone's takeaway is just like oh sure was gross in the meatpacking industry, good thing we have food standards now. And like, that's the entire takeaway that everyone has. It's fascinating. Not fascinating enough to make me want to go back and read The Jungle again, because I thought it was boring 25 years ago, but kind of fascinating. I've never read it, so. It's fine. You're fine. Thank you. I won't read it. I've uh. absolved you of ever having to read The Jungle. Thank you. And everyone else, everyone else listening too, I've also absolved you of having to read it. You don't have to read it. Look, I'm just so impressed with your ability to recall every book you read. That's cool. That's a good neurodivergent brain trait that I don't have. But sometimes after we started the podcast, like, you know, 10, 12 books in, some book came up and I literally just, I don't know, it came from like deep down inside of me, just started talking about it. And I was like, whoa, I recalled that. I wouldn't have known that I read that book like a month ago. Returning smart. This maybe I don't know. Do do you ever have this? Like sometimes things come out of my mouth. It's like I didn't really even think about it first. It just is like comes out. Yes. Yeah. And it's not like, oh, I'm stupid. It's like, oh, my God, that was really smart. Where did it come from? Yes. Or very funny. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like sometimes your brain runs it through and then it goes out. Yes. For me, 95% of the time I have thought about what I'm going to say before I say it. And then there's the 5% where stuff just comes out of my mouth. And I'm like, what the? That's Who not... is that? <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Whoa. The quintessential story about saying something before I realized what I was going to say for me in my life, which also dovetails with um, 
I don't know if you've ever listened to Pete Holmes' podcast, You Made It Weird, but one of the questions he always asks his guests at the end is like, tell me one of the hardest times you've ever laughed, right? And so I've thought about this because I hear him ask it to other people. But one of my friends was hanging out at my house. Like this is we were in high school and it was like late at night. We were like up late, just sort of like hanging out. We were in the kitchen. I don't know what the fuck we were talking about before this, but he was asking about like a friend of the family. He turned to me. He was like, what's the name of that baby that's always hanging out here? And I was like, you mean baby horse meat? And (laughs) (laughs) we... You are not talking about Bob, are you? No, I'm not talking about Bob. This is way, way, way before Bob. This is like a friend of the family's daughter oh. who's probably like 30 now. Um, <laughs> and I would, Did she know you called her baby horse meat? No, I don't think I ever told her I called her baby horse meat. I'm not going to identify what <laughs> baby I'm even talking about right now. But oh he God. and I laughed for like five minutes straight because like I said it without even thinking about it. As I said it, it was like I was hearing it for the first this time. This wasn't a thing you called her. You just said no, it for the first time. No, I had never <laughs> called her that in my life. This was just a thing that came out of my mouth. And when I heard it, it was as if I was hearing it for the first time also. And it was equally as surprising and funny to me as it was to him. I don't know where it came from, but we were losing it. So baby horse meat. I was trying to think of a time that I've like laughed the hardest, which is hard because look, some people laugh all the time at everything and I laugh a lot, but like I don't get the like hard uncontrollable laughs very often. You really got to surprise me except for something about like with my siblings and then we like cry laugh together, which I also don't get very often. Right. Um, But when I'm with them, we'll like cry laugh. But we played Cards Against Humanity with my family. I think it was last Christmas or think last Thanksgiving, let's say, mm-hmm. with my grandmother, right? My ninety-year-old, your Hellraiser loving grandmother. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe I am saying the wrong author. I'm gonna have to look into this when I go home because I was. Lo- it's Clive Barker. I was looking him up and I was like, "Is this what she's been reading?" <laughs> look, the only other thing I could think of, and this maybe does seem like more of a grandma thing, maybe. <laughs> is if she reads those like Clive Cussler adventure novels. No, it looks like mystery or thriller. Okay. But I will look when I get home. I will sneak into her room. I'm going home for Thanksgiving. I hope it's Clive Barker. Um, we'll find out. TBD. <laughs> Me imagining your 90-year-old grandma reading The Great and Secret Show just like gives me life. So I really, really hope. We're going to be so disappointed when we find out what it really is. <laughs> It's going to be something like that you hate. That's just like (laughs) random crime shit. (laughs) Yeah. If you find out that it's like John Grisham, please just don't tell me. Please just let me (laughs) imagine that your grandma loves Pinhead. (laughs) Okay. I'm I'm positive I'm wrong. Once I looked it up, I was like, oh, oh, I don't know about this. But I feel like I saw the name Clive. Anyways, so we were playing Cards Against Humanity and it's like, I don't remember what the prompt was. Something about like, if I was the mayor, we would erect a statue of, and it's like we had given the cards to my grandma. So she's reading them. And I, st- I don't remember exactly the wording again. I could find it, but off the top of my head, she, and she's from Argentina. She's got like this ac- a little accent going on. So she's like, I would construct a statue of my wet, hot pussy. <laughs> and I, I skipped laughing entirely. I just cried. Like, however she said it, like, I just immediate, like, 
I think I sobbed. I didn't even laugh. It just was like, <laughs> just like amazing. Stra- it was so fucking funny. We didn't recover forever, and she was confused. <laughs> I was absolutely like, I couldn't. My abs hurt so much. While we're on a board game tangent, my sister and her family are in town, and I was actually worried about this recording a tiny bit because I could hear my niece. <laughs> she was upset about something. She was like crying, but um, we'll just call her. Bobalina. <laughs> and so I knew they were coming in town and I had seen recently like an advertisement for these games. You know the game Exploding Kittens? It was created oh, yeah. by the guy who does the oatmeal. Mm-hmm. So one of the game designers for that game designed like a series of games specifically to play with little kids. Mm. Like the burrito toss or something? Is that him? That's the same company. Okay. We got this one called Hurry Up Chicken Butt. (laughs) It's basically like hot potato, only you have to like do different like silly things. Okay. We played it last night and we were all laughing really hard. Bobalina is very funny. So that sounds fun. Yeah. I love game night. I've been thinking about game night a lot after Jackbox conversation. Game night is fun. It's the best. Look, I have I have like too many board games and not enough people to play them with. So if we need to plan a game night, we should. Yeah. Hot dogs and game night. Okay. Deal. (laughs) Okay. So hot dogs, though. Hot dogs, though. Um, I had a quote that I wrote down where she said, Hot dogs are the kind of American that you know there is something deeply wrong with, but still find endearing. And I thought that was a wonderful description of a hot dog because you know, you know you're going to eat a hot dog and it's kind of fucked. Like what is in here? The rumors we grow up with, maybe they are true after all, but you're going to kind of like it. And it just says like the good old American hot dog, the ball game dog, you know? Yeah. The Home Depot dog. What's that? I Yeah, I don't know. She talked about the Home Depot dog being... Like, if you know, you know, but everybody knows. But yeah, everybody seems to know, but it feels like it is not a California phenomenon. Like, it's like a Midwest phenomenon or something. And I was partially wondering if what it really is is a hot dog stand outside of Home Depot, and then what's the difference? That is what it eventually sounded like once I finished that part of the book, but I I didn't get a good sense of what it was. Because I don't think it is like a Costco hot dog where you get a hot dog literally at Costco. Right, that's what I was thinking but it's not. Right. That's what I was thinking at first too. But then the more she talked about it, the more I was like, I don't think this is that. You know, Costco's sometimes, I guess the food court is inside, but most of my Costco's, the food court's outside. You don't even have to have a membership to go to Costco and enjoy the cheap ass food. And everyone acts like you do. You don't. You can just sit outside and eat it at a lot of Costco's. I feel like they may have recently changed that. Not in my Costco, but maybe you're right. I honestly don't know for sure, but I feel like Like, I know that that used to be true. And then I thought that maybe like a year or so ago, I read somewhere that they were finally going to make the food court members only. Come on. But I don't know. Look, yet again, I might just be making shit up. Also, like, why? Mr. Kirkland, you make enough money, I'm sure. I mean. (laughs) Keep giving us the $5 chicken and the $1.50 hot dogs. I mean, the, the why is that both of those things are specifically loss leaders to get people in the door to buy other shit. That's the why. <laughs> it works. It does work. Those chickens are good. Love Costco. I have to go down every single aisle when I'm there. And then I do something stupid like leave with like a 10-pound bag of prunes that me living alone will never get through. Oh, yuck. What? They're just dried prunes. You put them in a smoothie. You'll never know they're there. Prunes to me have like a specific flavor that I have to be in the mood for. To me, in a smoothie, that sounds bad. It's not just a prune smoothie. Every other fruit will be there. 
every other. (laughs) (laughs) They will be helping those stupid prunes. Um, I guess there's not really much to like go through in the hot dog. She's really going around the country and trying hot dogs. Middle America was interesting. I feel like Ohio had some cool ones. Um, she goes, you know, up to the East Coast and then back to kind of where she started, which is L.A. where she lives. Right. And, you know, she goes to the infamous Pink's hot dog, which I was driving and I saw it and I was like, you know what? I've never fucking been there. I've been craving a hot dog like I will die tomorrow if I don't get one. So I did it. They also are super chili forward, which I don't want. So I got the Martha Stewart and some like cheesy fries with bacon on them. And the hot dog was stupid. But the cheese fries, 10 out of 10, would go back just for like a pile of nacho cheese fries with bacon on them. The bacon was nice and crispy. It's like good bacon. I feel like Pink's is hyped up to tourists. And so it's always super busy. And everyone who lives here makes the mistake of going like once or twice. I mean, there was not one line at all when I got there. So I felt like, is this what everyone always talks about? (laughs) Interesting. I mean, I haven't driven past Pink's in a million years, but I feel like when I used to drive past it, there was always a line. I mean, it was probably like 2 p.m. on a Tuesday. So yeah, I guess that's not prime hot dog time. No, not time for hot dogs. The best time for hot dogs is the end of the night. Right. I mean, she gets to it. In L.A., the best hot dogs are on the street, okay? Outside of every major sporting event, concert, everywhere. I'm like, the shittier the stand, the better, okay? I want you to cook me a hot dog on a cookie sheet in a shopping cart with some fire underneath it. Yes. Delicious. Yeah, those are always super good, especially because the standard L.A. street dog is... A hot dog wrapped in bacon with onions and peppers that have been like cooking on that flat top griddle like forever in all of the bacon grease and all of the hot dog Mm -hmm. juice. So like the bacon is good. The dog is good. The onions and peppers are amazing because they've just been like slowly cooking on this flat top forever. And the bun is sturdy enough. Yeah. No, those are those are super good. Plus, they're like four or five bucks. Well, now they're eight dollars. Oh, what the fuck? <sighs> Inflation. Um, okay, she said the best hot dog stand in the US is Rutt's Hut, I believe in New Jersey. Yes, I have um I have a link to a video from Eater where <gasps> they eat them. Um they're weird looking. Oh. The thing that makes them good is that they are deep fried and they fry them like until the casing splits. Ew. Which is why they're called rippers. That's the ripper dog. Yeah, exactly. So they're like torn down the middle, but they do look really good. And this is the place with the mustard-based relish? Yes, that looked really good too. I've never even made relish, but I want to make this now, whatever that means. I bet that pickle place that we got pickles from has really good relish. Oh, shit. Yeah. That was good. What was that place called? I don't... Pickle guys? Pickles... Yeah, I know. I was going to hype up some local pickles, but... I know. I can never quite get it. (laughs) One of the things was like pickled pineapple spears, right? Yes, they went viral for that, and that was good. But we, yeah, we got what pickled cauliflower, pickled garlic maybe, and some like right cukes and stuff. I don't know. It was We did like a pickle sampling. It was good. Right. Yeah, those were really good. It's something like the pickle guys. It is something like the pickle guys. Local to LA, maybe out of NoHo. Just Google Google pickled pineapple. Yeah, t- say like TikTok. Yeah, tell them the ADHD book club podcast sent you. <laughs> Maybe they'll send us some. Maybe they'll send us some free pickles. Oh my god, our first sponsor. Yeah, 
That's what we want. Free pickles. Yeah. To go to an experience or conference. <laughs> oh, add this to our wish list. Yeah. <laughs> Pickle sponsorship. Pickle sponsorship. While we are fishing for sponsorships, my favorite hot sauce right now is that hot sauce that I got from Barnacle Foods. Yeah. Bullwhip kelp hot sauce is so fucking good. Um, Trader Joe's had these like arepas, I think, that were filled with like chicken and cheese. And I've been having those with just the barnacles all over it. And it's such a good combo. Ooh, yeah, that sounds really good. That stuff's so good. Barnacle. We love seaweed. We want to eat all your hot sauce and kelp pickles and whatever. This is true. Also, I'm bringing it back finally to the book. <laughs> the sections that she wrote about what she called the gender pickles were so oh my God. funny to me. So good. I never really noticed, but she's right. Like the hot mama, the spicy poppy or whatever the fuck. So initially she's talking about those single serve pickles that come in the bags right at, at gas, gas stations, stations a lot of the time right yeah and how the mascots are like this weird family of gendered pickles for the different flavors yeah. which is very funny but then there was one place one hot dog place later on in the book where kind of the gender pickles make a return yeah. because this place had their own line of like pickles and relishes and peppers okay <laughs> remember looking up this place especially because like almost all of the mascots are anthropomorphized pickles and peppers right mm -hmm. and maybe like one tomato and then all of a sudden one of them i think the like mustard relish she describes the label on that as being like a human woman in a bikini <laughs> rubbing like mustard onto a weird hot dog man. And then there's like a love story among all of these weird gender pickles at this place. Yeah, it was wild. I went to the actual website and looked them up and like I could not believe what I was looking at. Can you order them? You can order them. Oh, do I want some gender pickles? <laughs> Maybe. I wish I remembered the name of the place so that I could mention it so that people could just go look at these things. But well, if you read the dog. Yeah, read the book. Oh, my God. If you read the book. Yeah, read the dog. You read the dog. <laughs> read the dog, you guys. Raw dog the book, y'all. It's in there. It's in there. Um, she goes to all the baseball. Oh, right. The famous baseball dog. So there was a whole thing about how the Dodgers dog, one, is great marketing. Two, used to be better. And then they switched. And now it's just not that good. And I get that. Also, she always talks about the snap. Like when she, I want, I just want a snap. There's this girl on TikTok who eats like chicken sausage every day and she crunches into it and it snaps. And every time I've tried to make like chicken sausage, I'm just like, I don't know. How do you get that? I just, I just need the snap somewhere. And which kind of chicken sausage? Because the only chicken sausage I can think of that does that is that chicken apple sausage, mm. which is really good. Speaking of Costco, they usually have it at Costco. I don't know, but the true mark of a good dog is the snap. I think she says Nathan's after all of it are probably like the best mass-produced hot dog. Yeah, I don't remember. That would have been good information to take away from this book. And I don't remember what she says is the best. I feel like it's Nathan's. That sounds right. Also, she talks about the Wienermobile, if that's what it's called, which was super fun. Um, she talks to the people who drive it around and kind of how and what they do and how unsafe it actually is. And it was very interesting to me. Oh, right. 
And part of what makes it unsafe is that people are kind of obsessed with it and will follow them around. Even vegetarians or vegans, which is really funny. Yeah, they'll like see that it's in a parking lot while they're like in the bathroom at a gas station and go like harass them in it or deface it or try to like steal it. I don't know. I mean, I know about the Wienermobile because my mom told me about the Wienermobile because she like went and saw it when she was a kid and she had like an Oscar Mayer Wiener whistle. Cool. It's like a little whistle that looks like... Either it looks like a hot dog or it looks like the Wienermobile. I'm not sure which. Same thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically the same. But, like, it's been around forever. And people who, like, I, I don't know, like, I'm sure if you saw it when you were a little kid, you'd be like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. It is pretty cool. It's like the Goodyear blimp, if that translates for some people. I'm sure they all know what the Wienermobile, right? But when you, like, you see the Goodyear blimp during sporting events, and you're like, cool. And then you live in Los Angeles, and you're like, oh, my God, there it is. The Goodyear blimp's out. What's happening? There it is. It's just flying around over something. Also, if you really start thinking about it, the Goodyear blimp, like what in the fuck is happening? How does that work? I don't like it. I would never get in it. (laughs) Absolutely not. It doesn't make any sense. Is there even a person in it? Is it just remote controlled? I don't like it. There's there's definitely a person in it. It's a big, it's a big... Hot air balloon? I don't know if it's hot air. Right? See? See? I don't we know. We just grew up seeing this and we're like, ah, a flying thing. Cool. Look, here's what I know. It's not hydrogen anymore because those ones used oh. to explode. Oh, my God. Nightmare. Yeah. Uh, okay. This is, what I, this is all I know about blimps. They don't put <laughs> hydrogen in them anymore. Is it helium? Maybe. <laughs> Could be. That would be crazy. It's just actually a big balloon, literal. Yeah. So the Wienermobile, I feel like I saw commercials. I feel like I have seen it in person. In my mind, I thought that they're just kind of around like cities. Like I didn't think that there was like only a couple that literally go around the whole US or whatever. I really thought that big cities just kind of had them. Like I feel like I've seen it and it didn't seem like a big deal to me. She said there are what? Like two? Is it two? No, it's more than two. I was going to say it's... I. I feel like I remember it was somewhere between like six and 10. Yeah. And the screening process to be one of those people is like kind of intense. I mean, they have to make sure you're not a murderer or some sort of hot dog pervert or whatever. What a great story. Who's going to write the book that we're going to read about the Wienermobile murderer? Yes. Someone get on that, please. Please. (laughs) What else about the dogs? Early on, she mentions that video, that like how it's made video of hot dogs. And it's like kind of gross, but like not not crazy gross, but it is just like a bunch of, you know, weird cuts of meat that are pulverized into paste and then like smoked and smushed and glooped and, you know. It's really given pink paste, you know. Yeah, it's real pink paste. And look, I'm a person that I guess would already eat weird cuts of meat. So that stuff's never quite gotten to me. Like I did not stop eating chicken nuggets when I heard about that. It made sense to me that it's ground up chicken. Obviously, have you ever ever had a chicken nugget? They're so dense and weird. It's not just like a piece of chicken. It's clearly ground into a patty. Right. Yes. Also, I'm the person that watched Super Size Me and could not stop thinking about French fries and had to go to McDonald's immediately after. Like that doesn't work. My brain doesn't work the same way. You should be grossing me out about hot dogs when you're showing it being compressed and and put into a machine. And instead, I'm like, I really could go for the snap. (laughs) Okay, so that video that she shows about the hot dogs, though, is a very funny 
narrator that's very like peppy and positive about the weird shit that's happening. <laughs> right. It's like it was on a TV show, like, learn about hot dogs. Here at the meatpacking plant, they go into the meat. Everything goes in here. It's cool. And it's like a gross video in the background. And this was like serious. This is not a, this was not a joke. Yeah. And just like a giant vat of like pink paste being stirred with like, you know, a big, big paddles. Yeah, I fully expected to be more grossed out, but that section was pretty short. Oh, she also does go to the hot dog eating contest at Coney Island. That's maybe my favorite part because she goes really into the history. It was originally what the Japanese man who was like... Kobayashi was the old champion. And then we've got Joey. Joey Chestnut. Joey Chestnut comes in and everyone's kind of racist, so they like him more. Right. Um, And he wins and she decides that, you know what? I get it now. I would like to fuck him. And that was very funny. It was very funny. And then I saw a picture on her Instagram and I was like, oh, he's kind of handsome. This is not what I was expecting. And I sent it to Corey and Corey goes, no, that's a really good photo. It was a good photo of him. And he's like medium handsome, but also my main context for seeing this man is standing in front of a zillion hot dogs and cramming them into his face. So He's just got like meat sweats and is going to vomit afterwards. Right. So I sort of am like, yeah, sure, I guess. I guess he looks handsome. I don't know. I can't <laughs> tell. But yeah, Joy Chestnut's still the reigning champ, yeah? I believe so, yeah. I haven't heard anything different, but also I didn't really watch the contest this year, so no, I can't tell you for sure. I don't know if there's anything else to really specifically touch on. Um, One thing that I took a note on is just about our hot dog experiences. And I mentioned that one that I got in Copenhagen in Denmark. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I looked it up. And so the kind of standard hot dog there is hot dog on a bun, normal, with like remoulade, which is like a curry, mustard, mayo, horseradish kind of thing, and crispy onions, and sometimes pickles. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, We didn't really go into the Seattle dog, for those of you that don't know. It is a hot dog with cream cheese and, I believe, grilled onions and maybe sauerkraut. I don't really recall. I think warm sauerkraut is how she described it, which, great. I love those things. Um, And... You know, the first time I had it, I was like, actually, this is really good. And I, I like this. And then I was in Portland and they had a hot dog saying you could like add cream cheese for 50 cents. And I was like, oh, can I add cream cheese? And he goes, what are you from Seattle? And I was like, yeah, I am. Also, it's really good. One, yes. And two, you guys are the ones that are offering this. What the fuck? Yeah, maybe it just sounds good. She described it as hot as cream cheese kind of felt like hot mayo to her. And I have to like disagree with that. That is not true. It's like just creamy, like like cream cheese melted like it melts on a bagel and you like that. But on a hot dog. Yeah, normal. Delicious. Uh, My friend from high school, he owns Daddy's Dogs out in Asheville. They have a bunch of locations now. And they do like a Seattle dog and some fun dogs like that. And I need to check it out at some point if I'm ever in Nashville because it always looks really good. Yeah, you do need to check it out and report back. Yeah, Daddy's Dogs. There's another plug. You're welcome. (sighs) Tell Daddy what you're going (laughs) to (laughs) have. Any other notes? I don't think so. I mean, I'm sure we could like pick it apart some more and be like, oh, yeah. And also this happened. But I, you know, I think we hit the like, I I think we hit the big ones, the big dogs, the big dogs. Would you rate it? This is like, 
I'm thinking. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to say it's like a four and a half. Okay. I don't know. It's like it's good and I like it and it's charming. And also ultimately I'm sort of like, eh, who cares? It's very niche. <laughs> it, the funny thing is like I like her a lot and I enjoyed it the whole time. But also like ultimately I would probably rather read or listen to like another novel that we've listened to. Right. I don't know. Like nonfiction is just such a different experience we're obviously not that into it but we keep trying and i think for being not that into it this was a fun one a fun version of nonfiction. yeah this is fun like if you like her you'll like this this is like a four and a half or a five ish out of seven yeah i'm right there i think i'm like a five i think i think she read it really well i think she was fun her timing was great the the intermixing of the stories i'm a big foodie so i loved hearing about the food but, it, you know, it kind of reminds me of, like, Stuff You Should Know podcasts where you're giving me a really detailed history on something really specific. And in that way, it was, like, a good almost, like, background listen, if you will. Right. Uh, but I did really, like, I, I enjoyed it. And I, like, like, it gave me podcast vibes, which you could say that about any of this. And maybe it's just because it's nonfiction. But the way that it kind of had that, like, the personal element to the story about hot dogs to the history, it kind of... I don't know. I, I liked it, but it's it's not like, hey, everybody go read Raw Dog. It's going to be a specific audience. If you like hot dogs, if you're a foodie, if you want something that's kind of like easygoing and, you know, that's the vibe, listen to it. If not, I mean, you're not. It's fine. Right. Yeah. And also, like, in that same stuff you should know type of vein, it's a bunch of detailed information about something you probably actually don't give a shit about. And you're going to remember like 10% of it after the fact. Yeah. Which is fine and cool. Like, and it's interesting, but ultimately, like, it's, like, way more in-depth information about this thing that's, like, never going to matter to your life. Right. Which is part of what's fun about it, but also, ultimately, it kind of slides off your mind a little bit. But also, I really enjoyed Jamie, and I would say to support her and, like, add it to your list or listen to it somewhere that matters or listen to her podcast or do something. She seemed uh, cool, and I want to support her career. Go, Jamie. Yes. No, I think she's great, and I think she's super funny, and I do think that this book is worth your time if you think that this is the kind of thing that you would be into. Yeah, Jamie Loftus, seven. Yes, Jamie Loftus is a seven out of seven. Raw Dog, five out of seven. Boom. We did it. So this got a 4.7 out of 5 on Audible and a 4.02 out of 5 on Goodreads. That tracks for me. I think her narration adds a lot to it. So Absolutely. She's great, yeah. But not everyone thought that. Speaking of the audiobook rating being higher, maybe I should start looking also at bad Audible reviews. I hadn't thought about that. We could do battable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Maybe like one battable. One battable. Next time. So, one star from Emily. Book is 5% about hot dogs, leaving me 100% bamboozled. Girl, what? That is bad math. <laughs> yeah, that's not right. Allison, one star. How can you take a fun, quirky topic like hot dogs and turn it into a painful political slog around the country? I desperately wanted to love this book, and in the end, I couldn't even like it. Exhausting, vulgar, far beyond even what you'd naturally expect in a book about hot dogs written by a comedian, and absolutely joyless. Okay. (laughs) 
Raw Dog does that pandering thing by breaking the fourth wall, or whatever the literary version of that is, and referring to us all as reader. (laughs) But in the same way, the author fails to connect with those around her in her book. Appeals to us as readers only drags us deeper into her sodium-induced misery. One, okay, this person is screaming Trumper (laughs) because (laughs) the political stuff was kind of just about COVID and following those precautions and how um, Trump didn't shut down the meatpacking plants and that was a problem. Second of all, what, what, girl, what is this person? What are we doing here? Well, buckle in because that comes up in a bunch of these. Okay. What these people just wanted a list of hot dogs. These people just want a list of hot dog facts. There definitely is that. All right. Mickey, one star. I was attracted by the promise of humor and the road trip all about hot dogs. What's not to like? But the every other sentence vulgarity and long sections about totally unrelated experiences was tedious. What does this have to do with the interesting subject of hot dogs? <laughs> True. The author included warnings in the foreword about distasteful topics. I assumed these topics would have more to do with the industry and ingredients, not what happened at some fleabag hotel. She's a comedian who appeals to somebody somewhere, (laughs) just not me. It's so funny. First, the other person being like, this is way more vulgar than I'd expect a comedian to be talking about hot dogs. I don't even know if there was enough vulgarity about hot dogs in in here. The Wienermobile stuff, she's talking about it. And she goes, and I know you're wondering, do they fuck? And I was like, I wasn't wondering that at all. I actually wasn't either. But as soon as she asked it, I was like, oh, yeah, I do. Now that you're saying it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that is a good, that is a good question. Tell me more. Shannon, one star, bummer. I was really looking forward to this. Too much social commentary and crude humor that really is hypocritical, not funny. Not for me. I don't know what she means by hypocritical. She's just decided who Jamie is and that what she's saying is not who she is. I guess. Rachel, one star. I'm sensing a theme here. I was intrigued by the premise of this book. A book about hot dogs. How quirky. But unfortunately found it very boring. Less about hot dogs. More about politics. Both gross me out. Then why did you read a book about hot dogs if they gross you out? This one is interesting. Natanya, one star. I thought my love of Jamie Loftus would overtake my hatred of hot dogs. But as I started reading this book, I quickly became overwhelmed with the fact that this is not a book for me. Not only do I dislike all thoughts of hot dogs, I've never officially eaten one, so I simply could not fully understand what she was going to. Oh my God, what in them snaps? What? Wow, how has she never eaten a hot dog? This fact did not stop me from reading the whole book. Parts of it were interesting. Most of it was sickening. Loftus is an excellent podcaster and essayist. Is that what she is? But I do not share her interest in either hot dogs or Americana. Well, good for her for supporting her book if she likes her. Second of all, if you don't know what the snap is, just do a quick Google. Just try to figure it out before you read the whole book. Also, she describes it. It's the freaking casing. Yeah. Think of a hot dog as a balloon full of meat. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> and then you pop the balloon with your teeth. Yeah. See, I want that snap. I want it to sound like a balloon, but not hurt me like a balloon. <laughs> <laughs> not hurt me like a balloon. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it? All the bad reads you got? Yeah, that's it. How's your cool brain, Corey? It's going. Um, 
as my brain just locks up and I can't think of what to say about it. <laughs> Awkward pause. That's how. <laughs> yeah. Awkward pause. Yeah. Just still trying to catch up with school. Bob had like this lingering cough forever and kept getting mm. sent home from school, which like still like totally threw off our entire like first month of school. It just totally like <sighs> scrambled our schedule. Plus we had to like do doctor's visits and figure out what was going on. We still don't really know. He just has some cough that like won't go away. He to this morning when I dropped him off, he was like, I feel miserable. And I'm just sort of like, I don't know, man, you've missed like a zillion days of school. Like, I think today is the day you just muscle through it. I hate to break it to you. Don't cough too loud. Don't cough too loud. Yeah. How about you? Oh, my God. I don't know. I have 100,000 million things that I have to do and then I have am doing others and then I just have to like pause life and juggle for a minute and I don't know how I feel like I'm through the thick of it through the weddings through the the guests through the things but now I'm like oh and now we have the holidays coming up like that is annoying but um yeah not good bad brain but speaking of the holidays coming up we have a fun idea for our next book and we are not exactly sure how to execute it I have ideas but here's what we're doing, okay? We're calling it Freaks Giving. You know how we love to name things. Bookfreaks.org. Yes. For Freaks Giving, Corey and I are each reading a separate book that we have not and will not tell each other until it is unveiled on the Freaks Giving episode where we what? Tell each other about it? I think so. If we hate it, we'll tell you everything. If we think you should read it, we'll give you just enough to make you want to read it. We're selling each other on a book, maybe, or not on a book. Exactly. Different books, one podcast, <laughs> Freaksgiving, get into it. I will not say what that made me think of because it's bad. Fair enough. You probably know. Oh, yeah. I do now, <laughs> now that you, yeah. Two books, one pod. So maybe we'll name the episode that. No. <laughs> this could be really fun or really chaotic. Who knows? Maybe both. Have you picked your book yet? Oh, yeah. I started reading it. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, look, not to get too spoilery about it, but so far I like it. So far, I made a very good choice. Is it one that, I, that we've ever discussed? There is one instance in which it may have come up very briefly, but I, otherwise I don't think so. Okay. Because you said when we talked about this, that you might have to read it with your eyeballs because you couldn't find it on an audiobook. That's true. I did pick an eyeball book that I can't listen to. So um, I also picked an eyeball book on accident. And this is like the third one I tried to find. I couldn't find all these books that I was like, I'll read this. I'll read this. I couldn't fucking find them. Interesting. So I have an eyeball book. So I was like, what if we accidentally do the same book? There's no way. Okay. There's literally no way you will have picked the book that I picked. Okay, good. If we picked the same book, I will go and buy a lottery ticket immediately because <laughs> the odds are insane of us picking the same book, I think. I also um, have been listening to a backup book that I found just in case, but I don't really want to do that one. So we'll see. <laughs> I did also recently just listen to a book in my free time. If somehow my eyeballs <laughs> get gouged out, I will <laughs> fall back on my backup book. 
look, my, my eyeballs might get gouged out by my own brain. And we can't go to Freaksgiving without having finished our books. I mean, I guess we could and be like, either start it or don't. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm going to finish it. I'm, I've, I've already started it and I'm like very into it. It's deeply weird. So. Oh, I'm jealous. Okay. So that's next. Freaksgiving. Tune in for the ultimate chaos. If you like what this episode and every episode before has been, you will greatly enjoy Freaksgiving. Double the chaos. I can't imagine anything less from us. Enjoy. Uh, Learn more about the ADHD Book Club podcast at bookfreaks.org. Check out our shop at adhdbookclubpod.gumroad.com. Follow us at at adhdbookclubpod. Thank you to Last Skeptic for music. I've been Ashley. And I've been Corey. This was a podcast.